Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock! It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Hello and welcome to uh, a very special Fighting Cop podcast because I'm joined on the line by Claire Cameron who's a series producer of All or Nothing Tottenham Hotspur and John Douglas who's the executive producer of All or Nothing Tottenham Hotspur. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak to the Fighting Cop. Welcome, hi. Um, before we get started, there's so much we want to talk about. I'm so excited about this and, 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 and the whole project and the idea that our, our club was going to be under the microscope in the way it is. Um, I, it, I just, I guess, I want to know what you guys do. What was your roles on it? What, what is for, for the vast majority of people listening to this? They don't know what a series producer is or an exec producer is. So, Claire, would you could you let us know a bit about what you guys have been doing? I guess if you wanted to compare it to the football team or the coaching staff, you'd say that John's the Jose Mourinho, <laughs> and I might be João Sacramento. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically, uh, the series producer, um, uh, they, they hire all the team to work on the project, and then they kind of manage the day-to-day logistics of the production and sort of editorially watching where the stories are going. So it's about kind of managing a ginormous team who are trying trying to cover, um, you know, not only the players and uh, Jose, but also perhaps Daniel Levy, if he's having a meeting that we're filming or if there's an event in the community. So it's about coordinating kind of the logistics of filming. Um, because I was say, Claire's been very modest there as well, because what she also <laughs> does is like, has a massive sort of editorial overview of the whole series. And, um, you know, between, between us and other members of the team, we sort of work out, you know what we're going to film, how we're going to film it, how how that might fit together uh, in the in the edit, and um, and there are different stages. So the filming stage uh, is is one part where we're gathering material, we're trying to get access, and you know um, making sure we're filming everything that we feel is important. And then there's a massive editing stage, and I think we're editing this series well for months and months. Um, and that's that's kind of you know where you start to shape the material and when you the stories really start to to take shape and um, and as executive producer I sort of you know I've got an overview of, of the whole series but I'll be looking to to Claire to kind of you know be, be pointing us in the right direction based on what she's doing day to day. I know I know that all all or nothing series is something that's it's, it's across many sports. It's not just football. I know you've already done Manchester City. How, were you have you were you guys involved in in that series as well, and have you been involved in other series? Is, is it always seventy two that produced this? Uh, no, no. This is our this is our first all or nothing uh, outing. So um, I think we're you know as as sports fans, um, which I think you know we all are here. I think we've. You know, I've loved watching all the All or Nothings, you know, the NFL and Man City, you know, there's one on the Brazil national team, the All Blacks, you know, they're just, you know, when I was, when I was sort of younger, I'd see, there was a, there was a documentary uh, made about the French World, 
uh, cup winning team in '98, uh, I think, called uh, Les Yeux Don Le Bleu, and it was um, filmed during the tournament, and it was an amazing behind-the-scenes film that captured like just what it was really like to be in that tournament and access to players like I'd never seen and I think it's always been my sort of dream really to make something that that emulated that or that you know felt that you could sort of tell the story of football in that way um so getting the opportunity to do this you know when Amazon sort of came to us and uh, asked if we'd be interested in um in making the series I think you know it was absolute yeah dream come true really I've seen the first two episodes and I, and like I, I was I was li- literally blown away by it. Obviously, I'm going to be emotionally connected by it. And you guys, have, from you know the two episodes I've seen already, you've done an incredible job. And I was really I was really reserved about it when I first heard about it coming out. I was like, I'm not sure this is a good thing for us as fans and as a football club, um, especially when you, we know what happened last season with the the Champions League, and then it almost sort of. I mean, it did fall apart. As you, you, you all know better than me. You know, you were there. You witnessed a lot of it. And what, what was, what I was really worried about is how that would transcribe to the film and what would be in the final product and whether or not it make us look stupid. Because a big part of being a fan is how, how you, um, how other clubs perceive or other fans of other clubs perceive you to be. And there's a lot of banter and whatnot. And and uh, Tottenham have already always sort of come under that. You know, we've been laughed at for a long time. And I was just a little bit worried about that it wouldn't be handled with the right level of care but I, I, somehow <laughs> watching it even though they bad periods I'm, I had goose, goose, bump, goose pimples I was, I was um, like emotionally involved in, in, in Pochettino leaving I, I just I, I guess what, how, how difficult was it to, to approach that editorially and, 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 and to get that tone right um, I, think, I think we were very conscious from the beginning that you know, this wasn't going to be a documentary, you know, the All or Nothing series is popular and he's going to be watched by sports fans, you know, and not just football fans, fans of any sport who, you know, want to, want to see the, the, the drama and behind the scenes and get to know the sort of key players in whichever club it was. So I think for, for, for us, you know, we were very keen to make something that was going to feel like it was going to appeal to, you know, wider, um, you know, wider audience than just, say, Spurs fans. But at the same time, I think we're very conscious that, you know, supporting a football club is a, is a, is a massive thing. And, um, you know, I feel like we just, we wanted to do the access that we had justice. We wanted to make, I think Claire and I have both worked on, you know, kind of well, lots of documentaries, not necessarily in sport, but, you know, where you go in, you find out, you know, what the stories are and you tell those as sort of faithfully and honestly as you can. And the club were up for doing that as well. So I think, you know, there was never a, never a chance that, you know, we were just going to run away, take the material, make the club look terrible. But at the same time, we did have to be realistic and honest that, you know, in the first part of the season, the results weren't good and, you know, led to, to, to Maurizio Pochettino leaving, you know, so we had to sort of be faithful to all of that, but at the same time, you know, make sure that we accurately reflected what our experience was of being in the club day to day. Yeah. 
And I think when you go in to any kind of institution, when you're making a long-term sort of access documentary, you're going in thinking, I'm going to be hanging out with these people for a year. I want to know what their daily lives are like. I want to get on with them. And I want the audience to like what I like about them as well. So I think, you, you know, you're automatic, you know, yes, it was a, a difficult time to, to film a club, go through such a big transition was kind of, you know, it's extraordinary, but you're obviously, as John says, very aware of how sensitive that is. And what you ultimately want to do is what make something that everybody who's involved in it is proud of. Mm. Uh, say, sorry, is that is that I think it was you know it was important to us that it wasn't just a football-based and a football results-based series that it felt more than that. And as Claire said, you know, getting behind the scenes and understanding how a sort of top Premier League club operates, um, you know, and the people in it felt as important as just telling the story of the games. Because come the end of the season, you know, where we are now, we know all the results, you know, we know what the results were in the football. Um, it's kind of the other stuff that for us, you know, felt, felt as important, if not more so sometimes. When did you start filming? We started, so we, we started on the project last July, didn't we? Yeah. So we didn't ca quite capture pre-season, but we yeah. started coming into the club from last July and having meetings with people and figuring out where we were going to set the cameras up. And then we did light touch filming, didn't we? In the first period before the first international break? Yeah, so we, yeah, so we sort of started, I think it was sort of September, you know, sort of mid-September, late September, we got our cameras in. Um, and I think, again, just we approached it as we would any, any documentary where you don't go in kind of shooting everything and with a very heavy footprint because that's the way to make sure that you don't get access and people don't, you know, don't want to talk to you often. So, you know, we, we went in in the same, we approached it in the same way we would uh, anything. So, you know, quite sort of gently and slowly at first um, and then sort of built there as we start to sort of build trust and, you know, people get, get used to us on the ground. Um, it was, was it agreed that, that Tottenham would be the football club with Amazon before you was brought on board? Did you know it at Spurs before you, you came in or was you a part in, the, in choosing Tottenham? No, no, we weren't involved. I think that was, a, you know, a, a Amazon, uh, you know, sort of look, look after all or nothing, obviously. So, um, so yeah, we, we were told that there was a you know, possibility of doing it and then we're told that it was going to be Spurs. So, um, yeah, she was delighted about that. <laughs> um, and, and about sort of access and um, control and the editorial aspect of it, Daniel Levy is notorious. I don't know if it's true. You're no better, but from 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 fans' perspective and outside, it seems like he comes across as a micromanager. Um, that that he's he wants to be involved in everything, and the image of the football club is paramount. To, it's a massive brand grown globally, and you can understand why he would be that way, that, that protective over it. What? How was that experience in, in working with Daniel Levy? Was it challenging or, or, or did you find him uh, to be amicable and understanding of your job? Um, I, think, I, I, think as a, I think as a club, the club's been very open and frank and um, really tolerant of us, actually, because we can be a real pain when we're around every day, asking to mm. film this, saying we want to film that, saying what's important, we want to tell this story, you know, and I don't think it's easy for any organisation to have a documentary team coming in um, and, you know, saying, can you open the doors to everything? And we want to, you know, we want to be there when all these key things are happening. But I would say that, you know, for the most part, you know, almost exclusively, we got access to the things that we, that we asked for. So, 
Um, and in terms of the sort of relationship, I say, you know, as with it, you know, it's really important. Editorial independence is really important in documentaries. Um, otherwise, you're in danger of them turning into, you know, PR exercises. And that's not something, you know, we, we do. So um, I think for, for us, it was important, you know, editorial control rests with us and with Amazon. Um, uh, but at the same time, you know, we want to collaborate and we want to make a fair, accurate, honest documentary. And so I'd, I'd like to think that we've sort of left the club now, we're not filming, in a position where they will look at things and sort of say, God, OK, that's a, that's a bit tough, that's a bit hard, you know, that's a difficult thing. But they've handled it in a way that was faithful and truthful and honest. So I think that's the relationship you're trying to build all the time to make sure you do it all, it feels accurate, you know. So what, what, one of the things that... The, and to be fair, the, the stuff that I've seen so far, it, it does feel like you've done that with a, 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 a more than a modicum of sensitivity. Uh, obviously, the, the, one of the sort of touch points on that would have been Pochettino being sacked, which you were there. You were there when that happened. Um, I can't imagine that you guys showed everything that was there to be shown. Um, and I wondered how much of that, how, how many conversations did you have and, and how, um, how did that sort of decision that, that you were going to almost, we, we didn't, we basically saw what we knew on Sky Sports, but you must have had more on, on that. And, and, you know, you didn't see him leave. You didn't see his, how emotional he potentially could have been. What, how did you make that decision? I don't know where the question is there. I just, I just, was that difficult, that period? I think there is a misconception when you make these series that you are kind of like Big Brother and that you're filming 24 hours a day with all your cameras all of the time. And that's just, honestly, it's, you know, it's not the truth. So the, the, you know, the truth is we were not filming the day that Pochettino was sacked at all. I know it's been in the press that we were, but we, we weren't. Um, it was the international break. Um, yeah so i think yeah i think i, I, I think that's exactly I, I think that in terms of sort of making the decision because uh, genuinely we weren't we, we weren't filming then um and there were no players around and um and it was it gone to it was a bit of a quiet time for us filming i think the biggest challenge then was how editorially and creatively we yeah. in the series yeah. because ordinarily and i think actually it was in the press that we'd filmed it and we were like well we haven't but we need to think about how we do tell that part of the story so that that was that was the challenging thing after that working out how we, we were going to reflect it really yeah you did that well it felt like it felt like you was there and you it, you, you approached it sensitively rather than you just wasn't there which so you know fair play i was well, i was desperate for you to say yeah we've got it all and <laughs> we <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, awful. It was so emotional. We could <laughs> locked in a vault somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's, it, yeah, it's and I think and I think where we were very lucky though in the you know and in those sort of weeks um, leading up to that international break, you know, we had done some filming obviously with Maurizio, we'd interviewed him, and we'd done some filming around the training centre. So you know we were able to sort of reflect that and reflect that period of time where clearly there was some you know, uncertainty and, you know, a feeling that something might happen. So I like to think we've reflected that enough in the, in the, in, in episode one of the series. Yeah. And he was very generous with really us. Generous, he was talking yeah. to us about how, you know, he, he gave us some brilliant interviews about how difficult that time was. So we yeah. were lucky to have that to work with. And we sort of, and we've spoken to him subsequently, you know, we've done a sort of interview afterwards as well and spoken to him. So, you know, it feel, we've been, we've been very open about how we're sort of telling that part of the story. There's an absolutely wonderful clip or, or moment. I think it's the first episode 
where um, Jose Mourinho is is listening to the the news, Sky Sports, and people are talking about his <laughs> his, his his appointment and Pochettino sacking, and and you see his facial expressions react to what the guy is saying. Uh, I won't say too much because not anyone's seen it, but it was it's so well captured, and <laughs> and his, his micro mannerisms just really make it. <laughs> uh, I yeah, again, I don't want to say anything, but how did you? How did you find um, how did you find working with him? He seems to love the camera and being in front of it. That's not a pejorative, you know. He no, just seems no, no. comfortable. I think the, the the kind of beauty of the types of the you know the, what works really well is that we use these little remote cameras that pe people forget that they're there, and it means they're really unobtrusive, and it means you can just sort of we we operate them from a gallery and we step back from it, and we're not in people's faces all the time. So I wouldn't say any any individual there loves or doesn't love being filmed at all because it's like it's the way that we film it that just allows it to be kind of really natural. And I think I think Flav, that 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 sort of scene you're you're talking about in um in episode one, I think you know what that captures, uh, and what I loved when we were filming that actually was what that captures was is someone day one in their new job, you know, just coming to terms with a you know a big job that they're in, and um, yeah. and you just you know for a moment there we got to see, and I think we're doing this, but you know you get to see someone like Jose Mourinho as a, a person starting, you know, starting a new job. And, um, and I, was, yeah. I was, I was, I was cracking up. So it was so funny. And I, I was all desperate just to clip it up and put it on social, obviously can't, because you know, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would never do that, but it's stuff like that. It's going to fly. You're, you're going to see it explode. And, and obviously it's going to, because the football club is, is a huge one and people are going to be interested in it, but stuff like that, you know, managing to capture the human aspect of these subjects yeah. as fans, we don't get that yeah. access. Yeah. yeah. I and think that's, that's what you'd do, isn't it? If you were listening to yourself being critiqued perhaps on the right, do you know what I'm making? <laughs> that might, might get, be how you react. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Yeah. And that's it. Just seeing the team, seeing the human, uh, the players as human beings, the, or, or obviously as, as the popularity of the sport has grown and, and the separation between the fans in the stand and, and, and those on the pitch has never been greater than, than it is right now. And, and, and really what I, I guess I was most uh, glad about was the fact we get to, to know some of these characters. And I, had, I, had, I have assumptions about these players and I don't rate some of them more, or, or I rate some of them better than others. And you kind of see the human being behind it. It's, it's fantastic, really good. Really, really um, looking forward to watching the rest of it. Um, how, do you, how do you go about uh, planning for, for something, a project this size? You know, you're going to be filming over several months, many months, and you don't know where the storyline's going to be, do you? You don't know how, you've got an idea of how the season's going to go. But you don't know, it, it could it could have, it, it didn't happen, but it could have been that we just sort of did all right and sort of mingled around 11th and 12th. And it just petered out to be a really unexciting. How, 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 how do you, as, as filmmakers, as documentary makers, prepare for that and plan for that? I think the truth is you, you can't plan for every eventuality, right? You're sort of, you're, you're riding the crest of the wave with the team. Like you're, you're literally, you're, uh, you just have to be reactive. And again, it's about the way that we filmed this series, using these little cameras everywhere, just kind of allow you to do that. Sure, then you're gathering your material and you're thinking, okay, that might, you know, we might have one episode that's about injury or one episode that's about the transfer window. Um, 
but essentially I think you're just trying to tell the honest story of how the people, how the club, how the players, how the coaches are reacting to whatever's happening. Did you, yeah. did you find yourself having a vested interest in the successes of the club? You want oh. us to do well? God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, in a way, do you, can I, can I ask who you, who, do you follow? <laughs> We've managed to keep this pretty quiet for the majority right. of the last year, but um, I don't know. Do you, are you, um... well, and we've got that... several Spurs fans on the series, is what I was saying. <laughs> okay, look, it's, I guess it's not important, but I, I, I just asked because it, you, you, you know, if you follow your own football clubs and wherever that may be, but you find yourself invested in, in one that isn't your own, it's probably more interesting that Spurs aren't your club, actually but then you're watching and hoping that we get the result or, or because it's better for, for the show. Um, and obviously you have to be emotionally involved in the club if you're producing this content because it is so emotionally charged. I'm just curious really about how, how you felt as the season went on. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I kind of sense that one of you might be an Arsenal fan. So you, I, mean, I was going to say, we should say, neither of us are Arsenal or fans. Chelsea fans, although, just for the record. All right, all right. <laughs> although two of the worst days were kind of watching my team, uh, being in the gallery or, you know, when we were filming Spurs play my team. So, uh, yeah, very, very, very divided, toy, torn loyalties because you're sort of thinking... You were cheering for Spurs every time your team was so obviously the, the biggest story global story you know what i'm going to say already the pandemic hit um and football ceased was was that a challenge because you're like well nothing's going to be going on there's like how, how did you approach that or, or, or did you just think well this is something we were able to capture this is something that we will never get the opportunity to capture ever again did it help editorially um, yeah, I think, I mean, obviously unprecedented, yeah. extraordinary. I think we just, it, it was a challenge because you're just thinking, how do we cover this? How do we do this story justice? But at the same time, we felt incredibly privileged that we were able to tell it in a way or, you know, through the eyes of a, of a football club that, you know, let alone the access we were getting anyway and stuff we were filming. But seeing how a, a, a Premier League football club deals with, with something like that, this sort of global issue, felt massively privileged. And it, and it was a challenge just working out how we did it. And obviously trying to film and trying to cover things during lockdown was you know, well, impossible for the most part. So again, you've just got to be creative, haven't you, and think about how we, how we do it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, before lockdown, what was extraordinary was, you know, the players were kind of training right up until the point of, you know, Boris Johnson telling us we had to go home. And so mm. filming that kind of week as things were ramping up and like we all remember, like, you know, it just, it, it was this little thing that was bubbling and then it was getting more and more serious and just filming, you know, Jose and the coaches and Daniel sort of talking talking about what's going to happen, what could happen, will we play behind closed doors, you know, it was absolutely fascinating. And then obviously lockdown happened and we paused and then established kind of a, a kind of crazy protocol, which pretty much mirrors the Premier League sort of COVID protocols. And then we were able to mm. kind of get back in as, uh, as the players started doing a tiny bit of sort of staggered training. So yeah, it felt sort of like a historical moment and a privilege to cover it. Yeah, I can imagine. It was, it's amazing, really. Um, it's, what's interesting, Flo, and you'll see this, you know, obviously in later episodes, but there's something really emotional about it as well. Just even taking, our, you know, taking ourselves back to, 
to the middle of March, you know, and seeing what was happening to the country and, you know, how it was affecting this sort of group of players and the wider, you know, football community. Um, sort of watching that back now and when we were editing it, it felt, it felt quite emotional, actually. Um, just thinking that we were there just a short, you know, a short while ago and, you know, life was as it was. And, um, and I, I just think, yeah, it was some, some of that material was really powerful, actually, when you look back at it now. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, this is a bit tweet to move from that to this. Uh, should have probably planned this a bit better. But um, did you hear stuff? when recording that you weren't supposed to hear like transfer targets or dealings or there was one bit that was in the show where I don't know if it was an agent, Jose Mini's agent, someone said, how did we keep this quiet for so long? Uh, obviously Pochettino was still in charge while we were talking to Mourinho. That was always going to be the case and always going to be obvious because you can't bring someone like Jose Mourinho in just like that. Um, did, did you hear, I'm not asking you to tell us what you heard, but was you privy or did you, stumble across stuff that, that you thought oh that's really interesting lots of people outside of this room would like to know that um i, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think again this is you know it being a football club and it being a premier league football club we were very aware of you know things being amplified massively because but then wherever we've worked and you know as I say Claire and I've worked in lots of sort of documentary big organizations actually discretion and what you hear and what makes it into the edit and what ends up being part of the story is like a massive part of of, of what we do and so you know there's always things that you're party to and that you're hearing but that's on that's that's how you walk into an organization and you say actually you've got to be honest with us and we need to be there because as soon as you get a sense that you're being shut out of conversations or there's things you're not supposed to hear when you come to edit that the audience know that and if you're going to try and have a you know if you're going to try and make it feel real or if it is going to feel real and honest it has to be on that basis so I think all the conversations we have with the club from very early on were like you know you, you need to let us film things and give us access to things and you know and trust. then we'll shape the, sh yeah total trust, trust total it? trust and so um so I would say that you know we we were you know very privileged to to be there um and hear what we did and film what we did so you heard loads, but it sounds like you heard loads. Well, <laughs> most of it's in the series, so... Uh... <laughs> good, good, good. I'll leave, I'll leave it, I'll leave it. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, and uh, I guess a, a good place to, to end here would be, um, like, who, uh, given you spent so much time with them, either with the players or watching footage of them, who, were there any players that you thought, I really like him, he's a really nice guy? all of them really <laughs> are they all really nice i'm not just Honestly. saying it i know like jose talks about it in the series doesn't he they're yeah. really nice guys they are really really lovely guys so. yeah and I, yeah it would it sounds weird it sounds like we still i mean we have, you know we, we imagine that might be a question that sort of came up and the, the truth of the matter is that that once you sort of once we built their trust i think i think what you find or what we found initially with a football club and you know people are suspicious of outsiders because it's not something they do very often they certainly don't open up their professional lives and their personal lives actually because we film quite a lot in players homes um we go and find out about their lives and you just think you know that's not something that they do ordinarily and so um i think once we sort of built built trust i think people understood that we were there to do a hopefully a, a good job and mm -hmm. reflect their lives as kind of normal people 
Um, everyone was lovely, very generous with their time. And um, really normal. And really normal. And, and, that, and if I'm honest, that came as a bit of surprise, truthfully, because yeah. I didn't really know what to expect, you know, but um, I feel like we were, yeah, we've really been really lucky. Well, there, was a, there was a moment with one of the players that I've, I found. Oh, no, it was, again, it was an interview with Jose Mourinho where Sacramento came in and said, uh, Sissoko's like a really positive influence in the change room. He's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. really? And it was a shock to me as well. I knew he was popular and he's popular with the fans, obviously. And I don't know if you caught much of this, but there's like, whenever the players seem to sing a song, it's always about Moose's Sissoko. Sissoko song. Yeah, they love it. Um, and, and, and my final question, and thank you very much for giving us your time. It's really appreciated. Uh, is, is, um, is, is there a contract or have you got an agreement that so, should something mag magnificent or massive happen to the club, you'll go back in to, to cover it? Is that an option? <laughs> uh, as far as it stands, I mean, obviously can't speak for Amazon, but as far as it stands, we're not kind of planning on doing any, any, more, uh, any more filming at this stage. So when Lionel Messi signs for Spurs, <laughs> you're, you're not, uh, <laughs> not going to go back in there. No, I'm going to go film it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John uh, and Claire, thank you so much for giving me your time. I'm really, really excited to watch the rest of uh, what you guys have put together. Um, like I said, really was very anxious about this and how, how it's going to perceive us to be. And from what I've seen so far, it's just been magnificent. And, and I literally can't wait to, to see the, the rest of the work you guys have done. So thank you very much. Oh, thanks, thank Bob. you. Thank you thanks it. very much. Yeah, we really Cheers. 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 All the best. Thanks. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel name. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.